So Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for the fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand, put into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So it's pretty hearty scripture, this one. Um, But yeah, so it's exciting. We find ourselves in this story. I actually quoted Rose from last week. Um, She wrote, Grief-stricken women begun the hope-fueled message of the resurrection. So if you remember Rose's um, talk last week, um, Jesus revealed himself to the women um, after he uh, rose from the grave. And then we come to this part in the story where he reveals himself to his disciples. So there is hope in this scripture. 
It's the disciples' turn to engage with the resurrected Jesus. So, yeah, I guess this scripture, the disciples are kind of in a room. Uh, they have the doors locked in fear of persecution because there was um, persecution to um, followers of Christ post-death. And um, so they had, we're in their room with the doors locked, probably playing some board games. I don't really know what they did back then. Um, and then Jesus appeared. So I'm like, oh my gosh, he teleported. I've always been like wishing that we could teleport ourselves, mostly when I'm like, oh, I'd love to go to the store, but I can't be bothered. Um, but you know, Jesus came in and he teleported into this room. He just appeared um, to his disciples and he said, peace be with you, which is the general greeting um, of the day. It was kind of, you know, him teleporting in. Like, imagine if you just teleported into this room and was like, yo, what's up? You know, because that's how we talk to each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, so Jesus rocked up. He said, yo, what's up? But, and the disciples were like, oh my gosh, it's the Lord. You know, they'd seen a lot of miracles. Um, they were pretty stoked to see him again. But they went away and told people. And they told Thomas, because Thomas wasn't there at the time. But Thomas said, doubt it. He was like, nah, I don't know if I believe you. I'll see it when I believe it. But Jesus said, stop doubting and believe. And the kind of, the part of the scripture I want to focus on is when he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So do we really believe? Do we believe that Jesus could even teleport into this room? And if he did, would we recognize him? Do we believe that he can perform miracles? What do we believe about Jesus, his power, or who he is, who he says he is? So I want to be one of those people that Jesus is talking about when he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So when we talk about this belief, we're talking about this immovable belief, this belief that can withstand the tides of life. So today I want to challenge our own beliefs our belief and so by challenging our belief we can deepen our relationship with God which will build our resilience as we step out into this world no matter what life throws our way our immovable belief grounded in the father will keep us standing firm so to believe to stop doubting and believe we have to have faith which is a word that you will all be very familiar with But what does it mean to have faith? So what I have learnt that faith boils down to is two things. So one is truth and one is trust. So as I was searching into this idea of truth and trust, my own faith, my immovable belief, um, yeah, I came out with, Yeah, a bunch of stuff, but I just wanted to take one as an example for you guys. So this is a description of what it looks like for me in my life, not a prescription for how it should look in yours. So this is just an example. So the, I guess the, um, the belief that I have is that I believe that God will never leave me nor forsake me. I believe that he will be there by my side through everything. I truly and deeply believe this. So when we talk about truth, we've got truth and trust. So as I was um, delving into this idea of, you know, where do I get this belief from that I believe that God will never leave me? So with truth, 
The Bible is littered with scriptures on this belief that it holds. There's scriptures in, I've listed some of them, not even all of them, Deuteronomy, Hebrews, Joshua, Isaiah, 1 Peter, Matthew, Philippians, Psalms, Genesis, Micah, Corinthians, John, Revelation, Luke, Acts, Proverbs, Galatians, Jeremiah, Daniel, 1 Corinthians, 2 Timothy, Zephaniah, etc. The Bible is literally littered with, yeah, I guess, encouraging remarks from the Father and from Jesus about being with us and never leaving us. So I thought I'd just read some of my favourites. So Deuteronomy 3, verses 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Joshua 1, 9. I have, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hebrews 13, 5-6 Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So if I truly believe that scripture is God-breathed and God is saying this, if I take that truth and hold on to it, and begin to have faith that this is truth, then that will begin to develop in me an immovable belief in God. So that's one side of it. So truth. The other side is trust. So trust is foundational to any relationship or friendship. Um, I work for Zeal, which is a youth trust. We do youth development. And in youth development, it is widely known that you to be able to do youth development you need to have a relationship with the young person it's really hard to tell young people what to do because they're at a stage in their life where they want relationship they want accountability they want friendship and the only way that you can build that relationship with young people is to have trust is to build trust with them um, but it's similar for anything for any friendship a romantic relationship you have it starts with building trust but it's the same for God. We can't just expect ourselves to have trust with God if we're not actually developing a relationship with God. So we need to enter into prayerful communication with God where we share life together and in that relationship we build trust with the Creator. Um, just like if you you know, are dating someone for a day and then you end up being in a situation where you need to trust them, you know, your trust it'll be, could be difficult. But if you've been you know, with someone for 10 years, it will be much easier to trust that person. But not even in a romantic relationship, even in a friendship. So I wanted to think of a story of a time where my trust in God was maybe tested or kind of went through that fire, um, fire time. And I thought of so many stories, but one that really stood out to me was um, when we were working on Nauru with Australia's Asylum Seekers. So I was kind of transported back to this um, place in the centre where, imagine 40 degree heat and like stones, yeah, just stones everywhere. There's no green grass or anything and it's, the sun's beating down. And next to the mess hall was this canvas tent, kind of like an army tent where they've kind of just put in some fake flooring that you end up tripping over because it's really uneven. Um, and then they've shoved plastic chairs in there. And that was church. So on Sunday morning, 
we had, there was Catholic Mass, there was also a Presbyterian um, service and yeah, all this beautiful stuff, but I really enjoyed the Catholic Mass. It would be Sunday morning flooded with Tamils and Iranians um, coming to worship God. And one of the things that they did that was really key in that um, Catholic service was giving an offering to God. And um, so they're basically in this prison where they don't have anything. They don't have possessions. They don't have, you know, they've just got, you know, plain clothes. And, you know, sometimes they might get like a chocolate bar, you know, or something special. But they don't have anything to offer. There's no money. Money would be useless anyway. But what they did have was fruit. They had apples. So they, they had breakfast, lunch, and dinner kind of in the mess hall. But all day there was fruit available for them to eat. So they would, during the week, collect out their fruit. And on Sunday, they would bring their fruit as an offering to God. And I remember watching them pile these apples onto this tray. And kind of being like, God, like, this is all that they have. You know, these, these people have come from horrendous lives. They've come, you know, searching for... A new life. They've come searching for safety. They've come searching for protection. And this is where they've ended up. Like, God, where are you? All they have is apples. That is just not fair. And I know that, like, I was getting paid to be there. I was, like, flying in and out of the country. Yet these men were stuck here. And all that they had was apples. So they would put their apples onto this tray. And then, even though I, like, tried to hide in the back so they wouldn't see me, if I was there, they would like force me to be the one because it was such an honour to go and take it up to the altar. They just, oh, it was just such a beautiful time. So I'd take, if I was, you know, if they gave it to me or they gave it to one of the other workers um, to honour us, they would give us this tray and we'd take it up and we'd place it on the altar. And I remember one time I was placing it on the altar and I was kind of just standing there and then I turn around and they've all kind of erupted into this Worship, and it was just this beautiful song. And there was a guy on the acoustic guitar, this Tamil guy, and they were singing um, a song in the Tamil language, and I didn't even know what the words meant, but I just felt God so strongly. And I turned around and I saw the joy and the celebration and the privilege that you could tell it was a privilege for them to come and to worship God in that place. And, and I knew that. Even though I felt like God was with me, I knew that God was with all of us. And I knew in that moment that God had not abandoned me. He had not abandoned me. So that was kind of like a story for me for when I've kind of built this trust with God where no matter what happens in life, I truly believe that God will never leave me. And interestingly, I was actually probably one of the few workers that ended up not getting PTSD from working there. Um, and I truly believe that one of those reasons is that I had these immovable set of beliefs and you know, faith um, stances that kept me... I understood my place in the story of God. And I understood... I could see you know, God's work of restoring the world and restoring um, the lives of these people. And we got to see so many people... Um, come to faith in that place and um, yeah, it was truly beautiful but it's those immovable beliefs that yeah, keep us firmly planted in God the Father so we can have faith in God 
both in truth and in trust, we can have this immovable faith. And that is our good news. So stop doubting and believe, Jesus says. So kind of where I want to get to from here is, you know, I can talk about my own um, faith, you know, that I've um, explored over the past um, few weeks. But I really want you guys to think about this idea of an immovable faith and an immovable belief. One that you can stand firm on. And, you know, as you know, God said to Thomas, you know, stop doubting and believe that I pray that all of us here can be ones, can be the blessed ones that Jesus talks about when he says, blessed are those who believe even though they have not yet seen. So I want, um, yeah, I guess this next time to be a bit of a reflection time and a bit of a time for you guys to think about those immovable faith statements um, or, you know, declarations of belief um, in your own life and begin to bring them out of your unconscious or, you know, into consciousness, into your hand um, to be able to stand firm on. That when the good times and the hard times of life come, we have these immovable faiths that keep us rooted in Christ. So to do this, um, I would actually love if you, um, if you are feeling up to it, if you could even physically write some kind of declaration. Um, I've actually brought with me some um, pens and paper just over on this table here. Um, but some of you might have your own notebooks or you might want to you know, write something on your phone. But I want us to, yeah, enter into this time of thinking, um, of, yeah, about our immovable, you know, faith statements and um, beliefs that keep us, keep us firmly planted. Because you'll probably have some that you might not even um, be aware of. Just gone, so, yeah, so we'll go into this. I'll get um, up to start playing some music. And we'll write about our declarations and, and our beliefs. I've also actually printed off a bunch of kind of faith declarations that if you're actually kind of feeling a little bit like you need some stimulus or you're just not really sure where to start or um, some of you might not even think that you have um, much of like faith in um, biblical scripture or, or whatever it is. So I've printed some off if you just wanted to grab one or a couple and actually just um, sit in this time of worship and, and ponder them and to pray you know, into those um, faith declarations to, yeah, to kind of yeah, stir up that kind of faith in us so that we can um, be those people of God that um, believe even though we have not seen. So I'm just going to read um, my faith declaration um, for, for this example that I have given you. So I have faith. I believe that Jesus will never leave my side. That he will be with me, supporting me to the end of my days. I believe this because I hold on to God's truth, the scriptures. I trust God because of the relationship that we've had. And time and time again, God has been there with me in the times where there would otherwise be hopelessness. I believe because of the truth and I believe because of trust. So I'll just say, um, yeah, this final prayer and um, I'll just invite you guys to um, maybe get some pen and paper um, if you wish um, as we enter into this time of worship. 
As Jesus came to the disciples, Lord, would you arrive? When we lock the doors in fear of persecution, would you arrive? Lord, we declare today our faith, our faith in you as the Son of God, our faith in you as the shepherd, the one who guides us. Would you begin to deepen our relationship with you? As the Father has sent Jesus, he's sending us. We receive the Holy Spirit as the disciples did when Jesus entered that room. We go into the world to forgive as he forgave. Lord, we want to stop doubting and we want to believe. Lord, will we be those ones, the blessed ones that believe even though we have not seen. So Lord, would you come tonight in this time of worship? Would you disarm our hearts and begin to stir up um, this faith inside of us? To stir up this belief, this immovable belief that we can hold on to no matter what comes our way, Lord. Amen.